Hi, I'm Zoraida Cordova, author of Convergence and A Crash of Fate, and you are listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. A Utini Podcast Network production. You got a name? Episode 199, Rage Against the Machine. I'm right. On this episode, a Patreon project preview. We need your help. A Bad Batch recap. Do you have something, a cow or something you can put on? And the Utini crew talks about the future of Ray. Ray Skywalker. And now, here are your hosts. Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Hankel, Wes Jenkins, and special guest Emma Park. Utini! And welcome to the Living Force, a UTD Network podcast tonight, all about Ray! Ray! I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to talk all about our favorite sequel, Skywalker, is most of the full crew and a very special guest, but starting off with the glorious, the club daddy himself. I don't like where that came from. Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, man. Club Daddy, that's how I'm known around these parts, because Trick it, Daddy man. was already taken. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, if you understood that reference, you're about the same age as me. If not, welcome, welcome. Um, had a nice weekend. Had a really nice weekend, actually. Got to uh, go do some surprise things I was not expecting to do. Uh, stumbled upon an emo night. Uh, God, that's awesome. Brought me back. Uh, it was just a cover band playing, you know, Motion City soundtrack, Yellow Card, all, all the good stuff. And uh, and then Sunday, I was at the grocery store, and a friend of mine was just like, hey, do you realize that uh, the Miami Heat are in town, and they're tipping in 20 minutes? And I was like, we're going. And so we, uh, yeah, luckily, I live close enough to uh, Spectrum Center that we, we made it there. We saw the game, had a good time. Miami lost, so that was the only bad thing. But um, they're coming back in February, Eric. February. Put that on your I'm calendar. In. I, I cool. I put February on on my calendar. I'll circle month. the month. Just write my <laughs> name through the month. Charles, busy. Um, that sounds great. I'm so glad you got to have some good times on your weekend. Uh, of course, they all pale, pale in comparison to the glorious time we're going to have together. But we know how that goes. Uh, but as glorious as your weekend, as glorious as the Miami Heat, as glorious as the essence of victory itself. Is none other than our buddy, who I'm sure had a glorious time with the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble this week. The oh, Royal Rumble. Cool. Yeah. West Jenkins, what's up, buddy? What's up? The Royal Rumble, everybody. The Royal Rumble. <laughs> so much less cool. Away. Oh, it was the Royal Rumble was Saturday night. Usually they would hold the uh, wrestling pay per views on Sundays. They've steered away from that now. They do it on Saturdays because they want to get more viewers, I guess. Um, but. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, not a lot of uh, surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble, but the final match for the Universal and WWE Championship with Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens was fantastic. All you wrestling nerds out there. Uh, Corey, we're going to have another show uh, brought to you by Utini. It's coming soon. Um, but <laughs> good show. Ready? We're happy to be here. Happy to talk about Ray, my favorite character. <laughs> See, it's a good week to be West. I mean, every week is a good week to be West because you get to be West. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I saw the clip of Logan Paul smashing a guy in midair, and I thought I was like, "This is the guy from Vine." Um, anyway, that's, <laughs> what a weird trajectory. <laughs> you know? They'd be just saying that that spot was so unnecessary and it was so dumb, yet it was so awesome to see. I mean, just it shouldn't have been in there. It was a high spot. It made everybody like freak and cheer and everything. So. 
I mean, he did what he was came in to do, and he probably got like two million dollars for it. So good for he, him, I guess. He came in oh, for donate, whatever yeah. reason. He donated to charities. What he should do, Logan, jerk. Help him for five <laughs> seconds to be out of the headlines. Uh, but this ain't a Logan Paul podcast. It's a Ray podcast. And oh my goodness, guess what? Dr. Corey Helton is not here. He is back doing some intense doctoring across the country. I'm sure he'll have lovely stories when he's back in two weeks. But in his stead, we have the wonderful, the fantastic, the in, the final stretch of college. It's Emma Park! I'm running to that finish line. I gotta get there. I gotta get there. Yes. Uh, thank you guys for having me back. Um, this wasn't planned, even though, you know, I'm a huge Ray fan. Um, it just worked out that way. And I like to think that it was manifested by this delivery two days ago of one of the coolest Funkos I have ever seen. So rad. It's so unique. You know, I, you don't see that very often with like a strange plastic piece, unless it's like a Marvel superhero and they're flying or something. But. Um, yeah, I'm just like, oh, I'm so excited to talk about this today. I can't even, can't even lie. <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you here. Uh, I'm almost as excited for you to be here as I was when I got to pre-order my Captain Rex Lego helmet earlier this week. Yes. Um, those are on sale. Did I have to sacrifice part of my life's budget for an entire month? Yeah. But... It's right. That's what you got to do. <laughs> um, but to everyone else who's not up here tonight, hello. If you're watching us in the YouTube chat, if you're listening to us later on, hello. I hope you're having a great week. You had a great week. You're just having a good life, really, is all I want for you. Uh, as a quick reminder, make sure you're liking the video and subscribing to our channel. We have a ton of content coming out on this YouTube channel all the time and on the podcast feeds. Um, next week, we have episode 200 coming out. Woo! Episode 200 of The Living Forest. Oh, my gosh. Took me back. Just thinking about it. <laughs> just reflux <laughs> a little bit there. Just a little bit. Um, look how old you've become. Um, this is going to be an all-questions episode as a reminder. Make sure send us questions uh, on Twitter and our Discord or at eric at utini.com. We've already had a bunch coming in. I'm very excited to talk about them. About anything you want us to talk about, Star Wars related, not Star Wars related, whatever you're feeling, we are excited to chat all next week for episode 200 and in the following week uh will be the battle of jedi roundtable uh led i think we could reveal led by wes wes how you feeling about leading your first roundtable in two weeks excuse me what did you ask me yeah so uh, you're gonna be leading your other uh, roundtable in two weeks i know i know so i am prepared it is they specifically gave me this roundtable because I enjoy the audiobook so much. So I've listened yes, to sir. it once before. Now it's time for me to re-listen again and start taking notes and getting some a plot synopsis, um, you know, some uh some quotes, some good quotes, maybe some easter eggs in there. I'm going to I'm going to do it big. Um there will be some visual aids because that's what helps out my uh whenever I lead anything. I do I like a lot of pictures and I like a lot of movies. So we're gonna do some uh flashing lights for hopefully um not too many flashing lights for you folks that uh, have problems with that, but <laughs> <laughs> See, you're considerate and intelligent. That's the message about you, Wes. Uh, Is this the first non Charles led round table? No, I I, I led one. You led one. I led okay. the last one. Okay. It'll be the first West and round table. Yes. Oh, yes. man, it's going to yeah, be the first yeah. one ever. <laughs> Cannot wait. Cannot wait. And that's in two weeks from tonight. Uh, we will see you there. Talk all things Battle of Jeddah. Um, some other life updates. I want to share a little odd thing um, that I haven't done in a while. Guys, I read a non-Star Wars book. And listen, a lot of you listening and watching do that all the time. And that's great. And I love that for you. 
when you read everything about Star Wars, watch all the Star Wars, and you live a full life, and you're working all that stuff, it just gets hard. Um, but I dedicated myself to reading a full non-Star Wars book, and I gotta admit, it's Star Wars Tangential. Because it was by a higher public author. Uh, it was the Oracle Year by Charles Soule. Um, and why did I read this, you ask? Because our good friend Timothy Guthrie recommended it to me. Two, I got Charles Soule to autograph it when I saw him at C2E2 like two years ago. But most importantly, uh, because I miss Charles Soule books. Uh, Light of the Jedi is probably my favorite Star Wars book of all time as far as best written, my, what I love about it. And he hasn't written a Star Wars book since then. It's been a lot of comics, and I just kind of wanted to get his prose back. Without spoiling anything, I'm going to pitch this to you guys. Do you want me to pitch this book to you guys? Please. This is, this is, this is what it is. Okay, here's, okay, here's what it if is. If we said no now, they'd be messed up, so please continue. <laughs> I'd be, so, be so rude, frankly. Um, so this book, this guy, Will, wakes up one morning with 108 predictions in his head. 108 predictions oh. of things that are going to happen in life. It's I thought you were going to say 108 degree fever and then I so from too. there. And for a year. <laughs> and he just lives with it. Right in the precipice of death. Uh, no, he has these predictions in his head, and he publishes some of them online, and they all start coming true. And it's this idea, then, what does the world do when you have someone that can see the future? Like, he's anonymous, but there's other people that say, oh, my gosh, all these things are going to be real. I have no free will. Or people are like, this is the Antichrist uh, foretelling the end of days, and he has to deal with it. Does he sell the secrets? Does he keep the secrets? And it's a really great mystery kind of puzzle, puzzle novel. Um, it takes a lot of twists and turns. If you like Light of the Jedi, you like Charles Soule's writing, uh, highly recommend it. I read it, like, the fastest I've read a non-Star Wars book in years. So, that was my week. I read a book. Um, adult pat on the back. Palette cleanser. That's Palette helpful cleanser. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Because, Charles, you read, um, what did you, did you read Mistborn? I read Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson. Um, yeah. And that was great. That was the first time I'd done that. I did that over Christmas break when... I didn't really have other Star Wars things to be reading, and I really enjoyed it. And one day, I will probably read the second one, maybe by episode 400. It's coming. <laughs> Keep me it's honest, coming. people. Yeah, no, but you, but you got other stuff to do. You can't be reading when you're going to, to, to Hornets Heat Games and, and finding emo clubs. Um, it's true. It's true. Charles, I got to put you on blast here for a second, though. What's your favorite emo anthem of, like, the late 2000s, early 2010s? Like, that they played or didn't? Oh, my what gosh. your soul? Or band. I can't even say what your what was your group. Well, my favorite emo band was Motion City Soundtrack. Okay. Like hands down. That's my top three bands from like high school uh-huh. were Reliant K, Motion City Soundtrack, and Yellow Card. So that's why I brought up two of those because wow. they played songs from both Sick. of those bands while I was there. It was phenomenal. <laughs> that's I don't awesome. even know if this is the Are you more than you bargain for? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was so basic, man. I was absolutely like, like Fall Out Boy. No. I would say Panic at the Disco. Uh, they broke up this week because they, they suck now. Uh, Panic at the Disco, though, back in the day. Uh, Paramore and All Time Low. Those are mine. Solid, solid choices. Like Anyone else? Anyone else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emma, Emma, have you heard started of these before you were born? Answer all of them. <laughs> Maybe okay. I actually it's I remember okay. Paramore had a, like a really popular song like when I was in like middle school and I remember listening to it and Same. it was like misery it was, like, business really, yeah, it was really good like, <laughs> different middle school Charles it's okay buddy oh um, yeah yeah true whoops bless you uh, Wes I gotta say your weekend you always love your your weekend notes in here uh you, what what happened to you this weekend man what do you 
All right, so I had to be an adult again. I figured that the appliances that I purchased eight years ago were going to last me the rest of my life, and they should. They're strong pieces of machinery, and this particular appliance is a washing machine, and I purchased it eight years ago, but I purchased it used, so it's probably 25 years old. It's the one that has, like, the concrete in the bottom of it, so it doesn't move whenever it spins around yep. too fast, so yep. it just stays in place. It finally stopped draining. Like, I, I was... Um, I told uh, Bethany, I was like, hey, can you go in there and check and see if the, the washer's done? And she lifts it up, it's like, it's all full of water. And I was like, damn, it's been like an hour and a half. So it's just... <laughs> So it's broke. I gotta get a new one. Um, yeah. I like, you get the uh, yeah, I got. I had, I had to. Get, well, I pulled it. I just like kept wringing them out, and I threw them in the dryer. <laughs> so I probably ruined the dryer doing that. Um, so I have to go find find a a cheap one this week, and then you know have, go through this same nonsensical thing about appliances lasting for an entire lifetime and then buy another one in 10 years i mean um, to be fair Wes, we have been telling you for a while to stop putting your stormtrooper helmet in the washing machine it, it was never gonna end well it gets so dirty and sandy all right um, <laughs> it gets everywhere so my buddy um actually stopped by and he got me a christmas present i haven't seen him in a while he lives up in uh, fort worth so he brought my christmas presents and i got a clone wars pandemic game have you seen this before oh i've walked past that yeah um so he bought this so we're gonna we're gonna get inebriated and play this game um probably in the next couple weeks or so but he also got me something else which is going to turn into a dog bed i think um i I have a picture of doc on this thing already but it is it's a sarlacc pit rug (laughs) sarlacc pit rug i guess so, Whoa! Holy crap! That's, that's rad. So cool. That's awesome, and that's <laughs> that actually both a fair on the bottom. Ah, that yeah, is very so cool. Uh, yeah, so that is uh, that's Boba Fett trying to crawl out of the Sarlacc um, from the Massive book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Step. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Enter if you dare. Well, I can't because I have the the uh, I have the the doormat that I got from. Uh, that I got from Caleb. Oh, you teeny kiss. That's, yeah, right. that's, uh, yeah, that says uh, move along. When every that's Amazon guy that comes by just doesn't put anything on my mat. He just puts it in the front, like right, like 10 feet by, by my door. Move along. <laughs> move along. Anyways, that, yeah, that's, uh, that was my week so far, I guess. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Emma, you're you're back in the, in the swing of everything. How was your weekend, your week, your last years of your life? Like... <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> yeah, it's it's going pretty good. You know, it's been um it's been really snowy here in Maine. Um, I've been back at school for like two weeks, but I've only had like four days of school or something like that. It's been just absolutely. I have never experienced this many like snow days in a row. And then campus lost power and didn't get it back for a couple days, so that was some free days of video games for me, which was nice. Um, and yeah, I've just been just chilling. You know, on my last semester of college and. Uh, that's been going really well so far. It's a little too early to tell. <laughs> but, knock uh, on every wood. People, if you're listening to this and there's a plank near you, knock on it. Everything we need for Emma yes, here. Yes, please. We, you know, I only, let's see, 
uh, I graduate in May, so like we're very close. We're we're nearing the end here. So I've been doing that, and um, yeah, I've been really enjoying. I want to mention this: um, the Last of Us show. Um, yes! I watched that a couple hours uh, oh. ago, the most recent episode, and I literally Ugh. had to like redo my makeup. I was crying. Like, <laughs> uh, it is oh. like the most well done TV show that I have ever experienced. And I'm so glad that I played it's the so game good. beforehand because it is making it feel like so much more special to me and not that you can't watch it before the game like my dad is watching it and my mom watched the first episode but she's like oh i'm kind of tired of zombie shows but it's not really like a zombie show i would i wouldn't say it's it's a lot more than that you know but yeah man and i and you know what it's just it's pedro pascal season and we love to see it (laughs) he's doing so well yeah Yeah. if you'll see this in the in the future times uh the most recent episode is episode three uh no spoilers on this show but it's been very talked about very lauded Yeah, yeah, I sat by myself last night after watching the Chiefs go back to the Super Bowl. Um, go Chiefs. Die, Eagles, die. Um, <laughs> Jeez Louise. I'll say it. <laughs> I'll say it. Um, I'll be brave. Uh, nothing ever good happens to us. But that this episode, though, I watched it by myself with like my headphones on in the dark and just cried quietly. Whole time. Really incredible stuff. I'm loving it, and again, so I'm, as, as a fan of the game, it's different enough, it's fun enough, and today my dad called me, because my dad also is watching it, Emma. Oh, nice. And he called me, watched episode three of The Last of Us, and then he watched The Banshees of Inishirin right afterwards, uh, for those <laughs> that may have seen that movie. He's like, I just had a day. Yeah. Like, those are two of the best acted things of the last five years back That's a back. lot. That's a lot to take in. Hell of a day for Chris Eilerson. <laughs> wow. Yeah, amazing. So, yeah. yeah, I've been really enjoying that. I just, you know... Not, not a whole lot going on in my personal life because you can't do anything outside in Maine when it's like this. Um, but The Last of Us is really keeping me keeping me me going right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The... Uh, right now, it's not negative yet, but in two days it will be negative fourteen. Ah, uh, I'm Charles. Nope. We're so much better. We're just better here. It's just not it's nice. Fine. And, and my parents on on the day it's gonna be negative fourteen. No, the day before it's going to be negative 14. My parents are leaving for Florida, and it's just rude. It's rude. <laughs> <laughs> like, bye, have fun. They're like, yeah, we got to get out of here. Luck. See ya. <laughs> they're going to Disney World, and they're going to visit my grandparents in Florida. It's like, it's not fair, man. Well, I got to wear a coat just stuck... inside. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's when you know it's cold. The inside coat. Yeah. I'm very familiar with the inside coat uh, <laughs> all the years of, of the Chicago winters. Uh, it's very specific. I hope, though, if you're listening to us and you have a cold front coming your way, make sure that heat is on. Make sure you got some blankets. And you know what? If you're if you're tired a little earlier, it's dark. Listen to your body. Go to bed. Have the hot chocolate. Put some bourbon in your coffee. No one's judging you, okay? It's cold. <laughs> whatever it takes to get um, through the day. <laughs> whatever gets you through the day. Uh, although, speaking of which, you know what gets us through the day, the week, the year? Our Patreon community over at patreon.com slash UTD. We love y'all so much. And we want to say thank you again for your continuous support. And we have been teasing content coming your way for a while. And Emma, how fortuitous you are on here because what is coming to our Patreon this week? Yes, so I'm so excited to announce. Uh, you know, we kind of teased it a little bit, I think, like in the summer, but. Um, my sister, Abby, and I, uh, my twin sister, um, we've been working on uh, this project for uh, quite a while, um, kind of planning it out and uh, backlogging some episodes for you guys. We're finally ready to release it this Friday. Um, it's called MCU Teeny, which is like 
the punniest name ever, but it fits. <laughs> so good. It definitely fits. So um, as you can tell by the name, it's uh, an MCU podcast, and uh, in each episode, Abby and I are going to be uh, rewatching uh, a movie uh, from the MCU, and we're also going to do TV after the movies, and we're doing it all in chronological order. Um, so yeah, and they're going to release bi-weekly every Friday on the Patreon. So definitely keep your eye out for that. I'm really excited. This was Abby's first time podcasting. Um, and I think that she's excited, um, you know, cause we had been t- saying to each other for a long time, like we need to watch, like do a rewatch of the MCU. And, um, I was like, why not just like do it along with a podcast? That'd be super fun. So it's something that, um, she and I bond over and, and we, we love it so much. We have like a joint um, Marvel Funko collection that we just, you know, each of us contributes, you know, to it. And we're huge fans of the MCU. So we're really excited to go through um, each movie and show with you guys. Very excited. Yes, like you said, we've, you've had this day for a while. We've been workshop it behind the scenes and it's finally coming out. So get hyped, everybody. Uh, MCU teeny coming your way. Uh, and then, of course, you know, with Quantumania coming. And uh, the God King, Jonathan Majors. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, come on. How long till he's in Star Wars at this point? Let's be real. Whenever Abby uh, and I get to that episode, it will be chaotic. <laughs> yes. It will be very yes. chaotic. The first one we it, did was uh, the first Captain America movie. It was already chaotic. So, I mean, when we get Jonathan Majors in, uh, I, don't, I don't even know. <laughs> it will no longer be as cold in Maine. We'll just say that. Right. Uh, go. So go over to patreon.com slash utini. Go check that out. Uh, thank you all for all the support and all the stuff that is coming your way, including episodes of the Star Wars archives three months early. Those fellows are working crazy hard all the time. Episodes of the Ghost Crew are being recorded and banked for our upcoming season and the Eugenie Asheville documentary, the movie commentaries, and more. All right, Wes, we just got a little piece of news, but it is absolutely worth a Star Wars Weekly Roundup. It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. Wrap around. Roundup. (laughs) All right, everybody, for the Star Wars Weekly Roundup this week, we just got a confirmation from our good friends at, hold on, Penguin Random House Worlds. Wait, what? Uh, (laughs) That's the name. Del Rey is gone. What? I Penguin think I Random this. House Worlds is here. That's right. Uh, so I guess that is also kind of the first piece of pseudo news. When you get your script copy of the Battle of Jeddah, as I'm sure you will, because that's coming out on February 14th for Valentine's Day, on the spine, it will no longer say Del Rey. It will say Penguin Random House Worlds. So, so disrespectful random to house Rey worlds. Skywalker. So disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> but just so you know, uh, that is coming. Uh, and they announced this week we got a full synopsis for Cataclysm, uh, the upcoming sequel to, I guess right, it's the sequel to Convergence. It's like the next High Republic project, but it's really the direct sequel to Convergence. Um, and sp- slight, slight spoilers ahead, I guess, if you haven't read Convergence, if you haven't. Um, but I figured we'd go through it, kind of chat about what we think about it, and uh, get ready for the book that's coming out in April. So... The plot synopsis reads fully as follows. After five years of conflict, the planets Irem and Arano are on the cusp of real peace. But when news breaks of a disaster at the treaty signing on Jeddah, a battle, (laughs) violence reignites on the beleaguered worlds. Together, the royal heirs of both planets, Fantuzen and Ziri Alboron, 
are working alongside the Jedi have uncovered evidence that the conflict is being orchestrated by outside forces and all signs point to the mysterious path of the open hand whom the Jedi also suspect of causing the disaster on Jeddah. I also suspect them, dear reader. <laughs> With time and answers in short supply, the Jedi must divide their focus between helping quell the renewed violence on Iron and Arano and investigating the path. Among them is Gela Natai, who turns to the one person she believes can unravel the mystery, but the last person she wants to trust, Axel Greylark, the human disaster. The Chancellor's son, imprisoned for his crimes, has always sought to unburden himself of the weight of his family name. Will he reconcile with the Jedi and aid in their quest for justice and peace, or embrace the path's promise of true freedom? As all roads lead to Dalna, of course... Gela and her allies prepare to take on a foe unlike any they've ever faced, and it will take all of their trust in the Force and in one another to survive. Dang. All right. So, there it is. Um, Emma, I want to go to you first. Initial thoughts, because, again, we've all talked ad nauseum about the path and certain things on roundtables, things like that. How are you feeling about this? Uh, I don't I know, it's kind of embarrass- big event for Phase 2. I have two. some embarrassing news to share. How behind are you? <laughs> Very behind. Very behind. I. Okay, so I'm all caught up on the comics, except for the blade. I haven't started that yet, but I'm excited. So you're not all caught up on the comics, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a safe space. (laughs) I. I started. Um. Convergence last night. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Read Path of Deceit. Oh no, Path of Deceit. That's what I meant. Oh, it's less oh, yeah. fun. <laughs> okay. I got it mixed up in my head. No, I just started. Yeah, yeah, the okay. uh, Tessa Gratton and Justine Ireland one. So far, I'm loving it. I fell asleep in the middle, but it's not their fault. It is my fault. <laughs> but yeah. no, it's good. It's good. Like, I um, the comics so far have kept my interest, like, with uh, with Jetta and the whole. Yeah, that was actually an interesting order to read it in. I don't know, really know what I was thinking. Yeah, it's a- because. <laughs> Because, like, I got introduced to the path of the open hand through the comics, which was, like, really Whoa, that's interesting. wild. And, like, the first person I saw from the path of the open hand was the Herald, which I'm pretty sure you're probably not supposed to do. But that's okay. He's interesting, though, to me. I mean, he's got, like, his tentacles cut off and stuff, which is, like, badass. And I'm ready to find out what that's about. But... I am so sorry. I cannot add any further insight to that book other than that it sounds awesome. <laughs> you know what? I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. And that's it. Look at Penguin <laughs> Random House Worlds. It worked. Even if you're, you haven't read the other books, it sounds good. It does. I'll uh, buy it. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, Charles and Wes, what are you guys what are you thinking? I'm interested to see the... The dichotomy of the two different views that are going on right now between the Jedi and then the path of the open hand saying that the Jedi are the ones that are like using the force. And because they're using the force, something else is happening. And because of them, I guess, taking advantage of the force, they should not be doing that. Um, And I'm it's real. It's a very interesting concept. I got really into it um, as we were reading. Um, the what's the second book? Convergence. Convergence. Mm-hmm. Convergence. Yes. Well, Quest for the Hidden City, but Convergence. Okay. Um, so it all started like kicking in, and then they, then they, they, um, they also elaborate way more on this in the Battle of Jeddah. So, um, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that piece. So it, it seems like some people are on the Jedi side, some people are on the Path of the Open Hand side. So, um, there's not one 
right group to cheer for right now, I guess. I mean, obviously, we know what's going to happen, but... Even having just read the comics, there was that... Um, what was that, like, conference called? The something of the Force? The... Oh, the... Oh, the, the uh, it was the C. Yeah. The, not the Convergence, the... The... Um, yeah. I can't remember it. The chill out of the force. Exactly. The, 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 close. the co-op. Of the, they're like uh, the. It was like a consortium, but oh, it's not that. Consortium. <laughs> uh, oh my! This is this is gonna be what does me in actually fully. Oh my god! Uh, I can't believe. Chat, Con- 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 help us out. Uh, no. No. Oh, you're getting closer though. Um, no. um The. Come on, chat. The what? Convocation. Convocation, convocation, convocation. Was it that is it? Is it convocation? Yes, yes, yes. That sounds yes. right. Yes. Conv- Jeez, Louise. <laughs> oh, wow. Um. You. So, so, collaboration. That is also a good guess. I'm like 99 percent sure it's oh convocation, though. I read these well like done. two nights ago. I should remember, but um, Woo. even like just reading that, like um, I- I'm just like so intrigued by all these different oh, viewpoints, wow. and I never really thought about it before. Like, yeah, people are going to mm-hmm. use the force. In different ways and i'm excited to like see that explored further yeah. yeah charles where you at um i'm ready to get back to axel to be honest with you i yeah. i found the character very intriguing uh, i won't say too much but i uh, there's a lot of idealism in the high republic and axel it seems to be kind of the furthest thing from that so it was nice to have that kind of chaotic energy thrown in there um, so yeah, I'm ready to get there and I'm ready to, I, I think we've got to be getting to some more payoff and some more answers and some of the things that are going to be really important for moving into phase yeah. three. Um, so I am, I'm certainly ready for that. Yeah. I'm with you there. I, I love Axel. I really, really enjoyed him in Convergence. He was probably one of my favorite characters to read. Uh, I will be honest, this synopsis took me back a bit because I feel like, it's kind of retreading a little bit right now because it's saying the Jedi are investigating the path. It's like that's what they were doing in Path to Deceit. And Ira and Aaron are fighting again. Well, that's what they were doing in Convergence. Right. And it's, it, it seems kind of that all the kind of major plot points of Wave 1 are kind of just being repeated again because, ah, it didn't work. Let's see what we can do. And I don't know if that's because the mother and everyone was so obviously the villain from the start that they're like, oh, we got to keep seeing what's going on. I'm like, it's them. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like they brought a leveler. Like you know, it's so maybe as reader we just kind of saw behind the curtain a little early that I'm like, there's no mystery with this now. But I'm hoping that the execution does bring us here because I, I have been missing a little bit of that, um, like propelling force of Phase One of like big event happens big event happens the characters are going through stuff we're everything's forward everything's forward and this one we're constantly trying to figure out how does it connect to this like we should know eventually why markeon roe hates the jedi so intensely after this and it should be worth creatively leaving all those characters for like a year so i'm hoping i'm hopeful but I am. I, this is, I gotta admit, my my I'm, I'm, my walls are up a little. I don't know. I'm a little apprehensive, only because this synopsis does sound like the pitch for Wave One almost again. It's interesting, yeah. Eric, that you say that. Um, you know, like the mother and stuff is so obviously the villain because I was thinking the exact same thing when I was reading the first chapter of Path of Deceit. It literally said that her ship is called the Gaze Electric, and I was like, 
boy, we already yeah. know what these people are up to. Yeah. And I love that Easter egg, but then it's like, there's been like a thousand other pages since then. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we, yeah I know. <laughs> like, so... Anyway, I'm, I'm excited for it. You know, Lydia Kang's coming in. We haven't seen her do a full-length Star Wars book yet, so let's see what she's got. I'm very stoked to see what she brings to the table. And if all the pieces come together, it should be something really fun. So we'll find out, of course, later on this year. But as I said, before that all happens, the Battle of Jeddah, you got to get caught up on that. If you had a little trouble with the audio drama like some folks have been having with, like, finding out who the speakers are, what's going on, that script book is coming out February 14th on Valentine's Day. Make sure to pick that up. And after that, we do get a High Republic break because we get Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars by Sam Maggs, the Cal Kestis book with the crew coming out on March 7th. All right, before we jump into a little bit of Ray talk, um, let's do what we've been doing now for just one week. We're going to do it a second week, uh, which is our little mini Bad Batch recap. The Bad Batch Season 2 is airing currently on Disney Plus every Wednesday. And what we like to do now, instead of having an entire show dedicated to each episode, we just kind of want to check in, see how the episode was, maybe talk briefly about it, see where the season's going before we get into our main topic of the show. This episode was called Entombed, and I have my thoughts about the episode, but I want to throw it to y'all first and just ask, just kind of what did you think about this? This was a more of a one-shot adventure. Um, we had Fee... Uh, Wanda Sykes character chilling with the crew, and there was a robot at the end of it with a laser in its face. Um, yeah. Emma, guest of honor, have you watched the Bad Batch? Yes, I have. Two? I have. I'm okay, all caught up. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> I watched it every morning. Don't worry. Right, what what'd you what you, what'd you think about Entombed? Yeah, um, I I think that this might have been. I think besides the crosshair episode, this one was my second favorite episode so far. Um, oh, nice. I, I don't know. Like, I really like the vibe of it. Um, I know that not everybody is a big fan of, like, Wanda Sykes as a voice actor, but um, I think that she was in, like, what, like a childhood movie that I saw or something because I just have this very, like, a, some sort of connection to her voice. Like, I, I love it so much. I don't know why. Like, and I, and I know that, like, technically, you know, she's not – like the best voice actress but i just love her voice it's so unique um i thought that it was a hate crime against humanity that that droid was killed so soon and in <laughs> such a gruesome manner it's like yeah on the level of like the stormtroopers punching grogu like it's like on that, that level that was rough that, that droid was, rough. was so cool um but yeah i don't know i i liked it i think that it it captured my attention and i don't know if it's because i just like haven't really experienced media that has kind of had this sort of thing before like i've never played like horizon zero dawn yet i own it it's coming up but um you know so, so th good. things like that maybe that's why it felt unique to me i don't know um I, and i just you know i generally i think that like early on in the season i just learned to just learn that it's it's, it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun and the stakes aren't gonna be too high until they are and then it's gonna surprise me you know so it's it's almost like a I mean, I hate to say it. It's so corny at this point, but managing my expectations, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. Fellas, what'd you think? Um, my mother taught me, if you got nothing nice to say, <laughs> say nothing at all. But my mom's not here. Um, I did not <laughs> yeah! care for this episode. I did not care for this episode. I'm glad you liked it, Emma. Um, I'm sure a lot of people did. For me, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Because I think of how different it felt, it actually felt to me like a crossover or something like it felt like they were like merging star wars and non-star wars 
the the robot for whatever it was worth didn't feel Star Warsy to me. I can see Wanda Sykes's voice is very distinct, as you said, Emma, and so that. The first time I heard that character say the first word in episode one, I think it was, I was like, that's Wanda Sykes. And (laughs) that's that's still what my brain does every time. And she's like dressed like Jack Sparrow. And I don't know. It just feels like a weird, it just feels like a weird crossover. That's so true. I, I also did not feel like they put the they, they put the script in front of her face, and she was just like, "I'm just gonna sound the words out." She's like, "And whenever it comes this, out, comes this, out." I'm gonna use my normal <laughs> speaking voice. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Wanda, do you want to know what this means? Nope. It's, I'm just, just gonna, gonna go, go with, with it. it. Yeah, it's hard. It's kind of hard to because I know exactly what Wanda Sykes looks like, and she's short. And this woman seems tall, so it just kind of <laughs> takes me out of it. But I love hearing her saying all the Star Wars phrases because she's probably like making face gestures in the booth while she's saying it like what in the hell does that supposed to mean? <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. it reminds me like when peter dinklage did the the robot destiny when it started out and then they had to re-record it all with nolan north because he was like the wizard came from the sky and people were like dude this ain't it um here let me charles let me ask you a favor can you ask me if i like the episode eric did you like the episode <laughs> no but here's why um I think this was a very interesting week in media because The Bad Batch and The Last of Us, which we just talked about, both had episodes kind of outside the normal narrative. Yeah. Right? The Last of Us, I think, as we talked about and I agreed with, is one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. I think it was used perfectly. I think the execution was so good. And eventually... Did it pay off? Sure. But I wasn't thinking about Joel and Ellie during that episode. I was thinking about Bill and Frank. Because I was in, I was engrossed in the episode, and I think if you're doing an episode outside your main narrative, if your execution and storytelling and character work is good enough, I don't care because I'm there right. with them. And for me, this Bad Badge episode didn't hit that level for me. And part of it was the Wanda Sykes character. I I, I again I, I hate to belabor. I really just don't care for the character. I I think she doesn't sound like a, a voice actress. It's something she doesn't quite sure what she's saying. And I think we've gotten versions of this character with Sid and Honda like so many times that I kind of get it. Uh, but I think the problem that I had with this episode, for me personally getting through it, like I actually had to watch it in a couple chunks because I just couldn't really sink in, is that the Bad Batch Season 2 introduced Rampart at the end of Episode 1 executing a clone to go hunt the Bad Batch. And then in Episode 3... They showed Crosshair going through the PTSD narrative of Cody and all these things. Like, they've introduced these really important things, and then they just completely ditch them. And don't... And and, and the replacement isn't enticing enough to make me forget about it. Mm. And I think that's why last week worked for me a little better, because the racing stuff was a little more fun. It was a little more engaging. And I'm like, okay, this is grasping me enough. Whereas this one, huge Rise and Zero Dawn fan as I am, didn't get me enough because the execution didn't quite let me forget about are they still looking for the bad batch like is crosshair murdering people right now like i just my mind kind of wandered um and i think if they hadn't been so specifically intense about introducing that larger dramatic plot early in the season that i wouldn't be missing it right now and i think we had a similar feel last season if i'm remembering correctly like the end of season one was awesome and I think there were a couple episodes in there that were great. But I feel like I remember there being, again, a couple of the Sid episodes where, like, they got the baby Rancor. And, like, this is really cute and great. 
wasn't there something else happening? Like, I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. exactly what The Last of Us did today. It's like it opened yes. up with, with Joel and Ellie, yeah. and then it cut to the other story. But but I think what The Last of Us proves is that the the story that you cut away to doesn't even have to matter in the overall narrative. Because when you think about it, they didn't need to tell that story, and we could have understood it perfectly fine. They needed yep. a car. They got the car. We didn't know, need to know uh, yeah. about about Bill and, um, and Frank. But yeah. – at the same time, though, it, it's like it hit emotionally. Yep. It's done so well. Yeah. Execution is everything. And, and the other thing, too, is that, like, these Bad Batch episodes could literally be placed in any order you want, and it wouldn't matter. And that's kind of a problem, too. That's a great point. That's a great point, actually. I love that analysis. Yeah. So, we'll see. You know, again, are we going to keep watching it? Yeah, it's Star Wars. We already pay for Disney+. Plus. Come on now. <laughs> um, like... Easy question, but I'm hoping it's a tradition. that yeah, I hope that the execution really kind of just amps up a little bit yeah. um, later on. So I mean, we'll just, see. Just but... remember, we're still waiting for a lot of awesome things from the trailer. So just yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's still lots to look yeah. forward to. Why yeah. does this giant mechanical monster look familiar? It lo- you know why Wes? Because it looks like it's from Zepho. <laughs> but, oh, yes, it does. Yes. It does. Yes. That's it. Dang. It looks like the Zepho guy. Okay, and that would have made it super interesting if we went to Zepho or something. That would have been cool. That's exactly what it looks like. The beams when you're fighting the guys, remember when they shoot the beams out of their chest and they yes. have the beams? I hated those Yes, guys. that's, that's what, what it is. is. I had to Google how to get past those guys. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. But you're still not past them, Emma. They're here this week. <laughs> <laughs> They're back on the bad They're back from my nightmares. Um, did yeah. anybody else think that, like, um, when they activated the, you know, robot thing, um, that it it was giving me a little bit of, like, world between world vibes. I hate to be that person, but, like, with the white lines and stuff is, like, kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I see that. See it. Similar I, architecture I literally, for sure. I, I absolutely literally hate being that person, but <laughs> but I just had to mention it anyway. <laughs> God, Filoni's like, I'm going to do this one thing, and then I'm never going to touch it again. And right. people are like, but what is? <laughs> like this right here? Like, oh, that's definitely, that's what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> touching on it. Anyway. <laughs> I realize that Absolutely. It's, just, it's just meant to be like, you know, technology or whatever, but still. I got, also, I got to say, this is this is going to sound mean-spirited. It's not meant to be. Omega is reminding me a lot about Dora the Explorer this season. Because no. she's like, where should we go? Over there? But there's a monster. No. Can you see it? <laughs> it's like, yo. You know what, Omega, Eric? you're so. You... <laughs> I hate that so much, but it's true. I hate it, but it's true. <laughs> Look, she rocks. She's really good in battle. She has a lot, of, a lot of skills. But I'm like, just the dialogue sometimes is like, go this way. Yeah, she's yeah. also yeah easily yeah, swayed absolutely. through adventure. Where? Where now? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's this week's bad batch. We'll see you for next week. We still um, have Omega, though. We yes. do, but come. Is anyone else just more. hearing her sing the backpack song now with that accent? <laughs> back pick, back pick, pick, pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Okay, so Dora Omega aside, we'll see her on Wednesday. Uh, let's talk about uh, a character that is is not like Dora the Explorer, uh, but does pave her own way, as it were. 
uh, Ray Skywalker. Um, why are we talking about her this week, you ask? Well, uh, because this week we got a very, very, very loose piece of quote-unquote italicized question mark news <laughs> uh, when Brian Davids, a reporter from The Hollywood Reporter, uh, who has been responsible for some leaks and stuff in the past, uh, tweeted out a GIF out of nowhere. And sometimes this means something, sometimes this means anything. But it was of Ray with the two little eyeballs. Um, here's the GIF right here. It's of her in her poncho feeling the rain on um, Octo from The Last Jedi. And it just had eyeballs looking at it. And a bunch of people said, you know... Daisy Ridley was at that uh, that Lucasfilm lunch a couple months ago. Okay, she said she was visiting. Interesting. Uh, she's been asked recently in interviews about, you know, what are you up to? Would you want to visit Ray again? And she said, well, you know, I'll, I'll take a call and little things like that. So I guess I just want to ask you guys just, just <laughs> gut reaction. Is this anything? Or when you saw slash heard about this, did you – think this might be something like we're going pure speculation for a bit and then we're going to go back but where are you as far as just this as news listen brian davids if this is a hoax you will be hearing from me <laughs> okay <laughs> threat, threat. um but no like in in reality okay i just want to like set the scene for everybody when i saw this on my twitter feed i was um with my sister and I dropped my phone, and I screamed, "Oh my God, Ray's coming back!" Dark <laughs> <laughs> quote. Oh wow! Just Amazing. like that, it scared her, freaked her out. She's like, "Emma, I think you're crazy. I think they said that they're not doing any more, you know, of the main Star Wars movies." I said, "Abby, it doesn't have to be a movie. It could be a show. It could be a freaking like audio book that she voices. I don't even care. Like, just give me anything, <laughs> and I will be happy." Like. Oh, mm -hmm. I mean, I, okay, in reality, though, I really, truly, like, in my heart of hearts, I don't think that it's episode 10 or anything like that, because mm. I think that it's a little bit too early for that, and I think, I, I like, I can't see John Boyega wanting to come back to Disney right now, like, I think I that agree. they, I think he, there was some mistreatment there a little bit, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, if they were to bring Rose back, I can't really see her being inclined to come back to, you know, the absolute shark infested waters that is the the toxic side of star mm -hmm. wars fandom um however i truly could see some sort of show like a live action show about ray and maybe even just like a solo journey of her just like exploring the galaxy what is the state of the galaxy after the rise of skywalker is there still enemies out there and mm -hmm. i don't know i think i i do think that something's in the works i can't say exactly what i think it is but i think that it's there's certainly something to it for sure i think that's fair wes uh you've said many times including even on this episode raise your favorite character uh where does this take your mind um uh i read i read the tweet from around the galaxy the around galaxy podcast and it makes me think that that there is a movie in the works, but now that I just listened to Emma's <laughs> to Emma's explanation, <laughs> there's no way there's a movie in the works. It's too. It is too soon. <laughs> it's too soon for sure. It's too soon. Um, um, and I don't know if 
if a story before um, The Force Awakens is is warranted or if that can be pulled off, but maybe something in between um, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. There could be something there. Um, I don't know. I don't because then you have to bring back some of these characters that said that you know they need to take a break or they don't want to be associated with Disney. Um, but what if this? What if this just means nothing? I mean, what if it just <laughs> like there's like I just really like this gift and I found it in my library like the other day and I just wanted to post it. Like, check out she's touching the water, guys. It's crazy, right? It was raining that day and like that was it. But I think this Brian uh, is from a lot of angry people. Yeah. <laughs> But it could be, it could be just a, maybe like a, um, maybe Daisy Ridley shows up at Celebration. Well, if that happens. Uh, that would, uh, I mean, it'd be cool, but that would. But why does yeah. she show up at Celebration? Exactly. Right? Like, I mean, okay. So like the only reason money or like an anniversary of something, which doesn't happen until 2025. Five. Right. And Another that's probably Skywalker a Saga year. box set. <laughs> she wouldn't. She wouldn't show up to celebration just for that. I mean, her face is on like her face is on everything basically, or it was. Yeah. You know, she's at least. coming off the the massive success of uh, what is it, Murder on the Orient Express and Chaos Walking. She's just rolling in the money. Right? I watched I mean, Murder on the Orient Express in theaters just because she was in it, and I was severely disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad, that's only because it was, it was a bad, bad movie. Yeah, but if Wanda Sykes was I've in it, I've heard came out. Did it? Um, I'm still I, waiting. Apparently. <laughs> still waiting. Um, Charles, so we've gone from no movie can ever happen to Wes resigning himself never to be happy again, apparently. Uh, <laughs> right, where, right. Where are you currently on, on even the possibility of this tweet pointing at a project rather than just stirring a pot? Emotionally drained. That's where I am. Um, Fair. I I trust no one and I question everything and good, I don't think this good. means a dang thing even if it does and I hope that it does to be clear I love the character I love Daisy Ridley I'd love for her to come back uh, even if it does mean something is in the works we're probably like I don't know five to seven years away from that thing actually being realized and and put out to us and it would probably get pushed or delayed I don't know I don't know. Um, so I, I, here's the thing is I don't want to build up too much of an expectation of what this means. I think you're a hundred percent on the right track. There's no way this is the next episodic film of Star Wars if they ever revisit that. But, um, there's a lot of room to do some kind of spinoff. And I think you, a lot of people out there would argue Disney has not necessarily handled their films that well. I don't know many people that would argue that they've not handled their limited series well and so i think disney plus is the platform if you're going to do something with this character and i'm just glad that someone from at least one of the major characters from the sequel trilogy has said like i'll pick up the phone because i think y'all are right i think boyega would be out and i think that um oscar isaacs i don't know he he just has so much other stuff going on and he's I don't know. I, I think of him almost as a more sought after, I, maybe more accomplished actor. Like he's done a lot of other things. So I have a harder time seeing him come back. So I think Daisy really is the answer if we're going to see anyone come back. Yeah, I think that's about where I live. Is that I I I think that a you know Ray esque Andor show isn't out of their own possibility. 
um, like focused on her, just of her solo, like you're saying, Emma, her solo travels and things. I do think that it would be way early to announce that because we are still only three years really out from episode nine. Uh, and there were, and there were two years between the film. So this would be pretty, pretty quick. I think all things considered, especially with how long it takes to think of a show, say, yes, you're going to come. I mean, come on, Kenobi. We were, how long did that take from the idea? <laughs> Even to Andor, the we, to we knew about that forever. Yeah, we for, thought it was never going to come. We thought it was a joke. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that is, that is pretty far off. But that being said, I, I think that Daisy is, like you're saying, the person that has been the most likely to come back. And I think that Ray's story is very clearly unfinished intentionally. Uh, of all the characters, I think they really ended the trilogy with her at a new beginning, right? That's the point. You know, it wasn't it wasn't Luke just looking into the funeral pyre being like, I've now completed my mission to redeem my father. Like, that could have been Luke's end. And I think Lucas for a while was like, yeah, that could have been it. Um, but Ray intentionally ignites a saber and gets a new namesake and off she goes. And I think that there could be something there. But before we kind of get into our ideas of what we'd like there to be if we're playing the game about what we would do if this is real i want to go back a little bit to 2015 force awakens comes out gosh seven <laughs> years ago over seven years ago wow. at this point um and I, I think ray was really kind of a cultural reset for for some bad reasons we're not going to get into those we don't care about those people uh, that dumped on her for stupid reasons but a lot of people really saw her as kind of this new defining character of not only Star Wars, but Disney as a brand. As this is the way we're going forward. We took another unknown actress and plunged her into stardom a la Princess Leia, a la Mark Hamill. A la, like, this was a new character that was leading the charge. And she got a lightsaber at the end, and it really changed everything. And for my part, I Ray was my person after the movie as well, and she just stuck with me every time I saw it. So I want to kind of open this up to you guys generally. Why was Rey so impactful when she first appeared? You know, obviously we loved all the characters. We love Poe. We love Finn. But Rey really had something specific. So what was it about her back in The Force Awakens that really has us talking about how excited we'd be for a return all these years later? Oh, man. I know for me, like, it was uh, – she's the character that brought me back to Star Wars. I, I had kind of quit the fandom for a little bit just, you know – cultural pressure tells you like oh you're a girl you can't like star wars i definitely felt that i also felt like you know i didn't really see myself in star wars until ray honestly because i was always drawn to like the jedi characters like luke and obi-wan but i never really saw myself as a jedi of course i loved like princess leia and and padme but you know i want a lightsaber i want to see myself on on screen of course we had ahsoka it's a little different in, in live action, though. Like, it almost feels a little bit like you're you're more, like, validated or something. And I remember, like, seeing her, you know, force pull the, the lightsaber to her on Starkiller Base. It's, like, the mm -hmm. moment I was just absolutely sold. And, like, I I had, like, I felt like I was floating. Like, it, it was just, like, the best moment. And I think that, you know, I, I finally was able to see myself on uh, as a Jedi on, on screen. And I think that... That was definitely the case for a lot of other um, people around the world, really. And I also think that she's interesting because she's she's not like the traditional Jedi, you know. She um, she wasn't like technically even 
like trained at all when she did that like that was her first time using the force we never really get to see that ever that perspective usually it starts when they're a little kid and we meet them at this age um you know when they already are trained and and know how to use the force but we got to kind of experience that training with her and i think that all of that is just many reasons as to why she's fascinating i know that like in force awakens times the conversation was all about like you know what is her heritage and her you know who are her her parents i think that that's definitely a lot of her appeal right is is that Mm -hmm. you know she teaches us a good lesson of like you know even though you descend from evil and things that you don't want to be you know you can still choose who you want to be and i think um you know despite all the controversy with uh you know how that went down in the movies whether it was planned or not whether it was flipped around or not um i know that i'm not personally happy with that but i do think that people place a lot of like anger about that onto the character when really it wasn't her fault like ray wasn't in the you know writer's room it was like not her decision so i definitely i have a lot of like thoughts and and feelings on Ray and her treatment in not only like our world but also you know how she was developed but I think that she's such a catalyst for um more diversity in in Star Wars and in the types of roles that we get to see people in and I'm just like I'm just so happy that we have her character she's the reason I got a lightsaber tattoo on my wrist (laughs) like you know she means a lot to me like she really does gosh yeah I I mean it's so much there's just so much, like you're saying, about her. Like, all, all of that and more people just latch on to. And I think one of, the, one of the coolest things about Rey, especially in Force Awakens, is that she does kind of represent not only the people who haven't been represented by Star Wars before, but even those that have, she is the one that's looking at Han Solo like, you're Han Solo, and you're Luke Skywalker. Like, she is us yeah. looking at our heroes being like, ah, ah cool. <laughs> like, she's powerful, but she's also in awe of Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why... So many people identified with Ray of like, did you come from a place you don't really like? Yeah, okay. Do you do a job you don't really want to do? Do you find that if you met Luke Skywalker on Solo, you'd probably lose your mind? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know? And even further on down the line, whether you like the choices or not, like, do you find someone that you are angry at but kind of might be attracted to? Yep. Do you find out that your lineage is not what you thought it was going to be? And do you have to still move on anyway? Like, I think her her net of experiences mm. is maybe the largest in Star Wars. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know? and also even in the beginning of The Force Awakens, like being kind of a a loner, feeling loneliness and things like that. That was super interesting. Childhood trauma even. Like there's so so many people she reaches so many people. I I can't really think of a character that reaches more people, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing about her that I find very endearing in The Force Awakens is uh, that she still has like this attitude of it, the the moments I think back to are when she's wearing the pilot's helmet, uh, right, yep. just sitting on it. Jakku, and then when she tells Han that she bypassed the compressor. Those moments, yes. like of just like levity, yes. even though she is like, and we didn't know at the time, but this hugely important person in the galaxy, like she was still just like being herself and and i always found that really cool as we learn what is her importance she she grows a little bit more serious but she's never like on the same level as what we see luke doing you know what i mean like luke does get very serious in both legends and in canon i mean when you look at 
how he talks in uh, in the Mandalorian and stuff. I mean, that's not how Ray would be. I don't think ever. Right. So it's it's more relatable. Yeah, her. Yeah. Um, I think her like raw emotion is what like allows her to touch into the Force, especially when she reaches like she does the Force pull. That's the first time we've seen the Force pull. And in, in ever since when you introduce a character as a Jedi, and we didn't know she was a Jedi, right? Um, right. And so we, when we saw like Luke sat down with Obi Wan, Obi Wan was like, "Hey, I'm going to train you as a Jedi," and he was like, uh, "All right." And then like, <laughs> like, he didn't, like he didn't have a choice or something. <laughs> so, um, and hey, I'm going to make you the assistant manager. That's how that conversation was. <laughs> Absolutely. Toss me the okay. keys. Toss me the keys, and it's official. Like, and especially, especially in Tross when she uh, does the force lightning out of her fingers, yeah. Um, yeah. All, all those kinds of things, kind of. And I mean, her origin story—the thing that we had thought up up until the rise of Skywalker—her story of being from nowhere is something where it gave everybody an idea that anybody could be force sensitive. You didn't have to be from the specific family and all that. And, and so that's what I latched onto. That's what I was, when ev- everybody saw broom boy, uh, everybody's like, there's another one. We got another one of those nowhere yep, kids, yep. you know? So is that guy, who, who is he? Is he a, uh, I don't know. He, he's like a lineage from Kiati Mundi somehow. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, based on how many wives he had. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah, the saying. mother's genes had to take over quite a bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah he's Romy. That's his name. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I latched on to. I think a lot of people did too, and they were kind of some people were disappointed um, yeah, when yeah. she turned out being a Palpatine. But when I heard that she was a Palpatine, I turned over to my buddy Kyle and I just shook the shit out of him, and I was like, "He's a Palpatine! Can you believe that?" And he was just like, "No, I sure can't. Can you be quiet and try to watch?" Um, but uh, I mean, it is what it was. I, I I could take it either way, but um, the the story from where she was from nowhere is kind of they sh- I wish they would have latched on to that. And there's not, they're not saying that you can't do that with somebody else, right? So I mean, right. somebody right. else could be forced. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of Jedi were that way. Yeah. They weren't all from you know a specific lineage that made them force sensitive. Yeah, and, and technically, yeah. like her her parents were nobodies, but you know, in terms of like you know they were. Um, what, what did she say? They were like drunks or something. Filthy drunk uh, traders. Filthy drunk traders. Filthy junk traders drunk. that sold you for drinking money. There we go. That's there it. it. <laughs> sold um, you for drinking money. Right, right. And, and they just he just happened to be related to Palpatine, right? So it's like she's not even like directly related. So I think that there's like multiple ways you can spin it in your head. I'm with you, Wes. Like I was definitely iffy on it at first, and I think I was like really upset about it because I, I had this idea – in my mind that like she came from nowhere and that's what it was because usually you don't change mm-hmm. that type of thing you know in the um last movie in a trilogy um but you know mm-hmm. take it with stride and then in stride and then you, you know kind of you know I-, I always like to think like you know it's not ray's fault that her story changed like that um but mm-hmm. instead you can kind of use that to get a different message out of it and in a way we kind of got like two really awesome messages out of it like even if the execution was poor. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's that's where I go for it too. Is that the the Ray Palpatine thing? You know, the the realization her now her legacy of being a Palpatine. 
that idea at this point doesn't really affect me anymore. Like I was bummed with it because like you say that that word again, the execution of it, same thing as yeah. the bad batch thing. Like the execution of it, I thought was poor and that's what I had issue with. And every time I watched the movie, I just don't buy it because of the scripting, because of the filming, because of how it is created as a movie. As an idea in the lore, I'm like, fine. She wouldn't have known. And Palpatine living in the shadows, puppeteering, puppeteer Palpatine. That's <laughs> that's that's well documented. You know, like, yeah. that's fine. That's very believable, so what, yeah. Yeah, which is why I think that, you know, going forward, that's really interesting. Is that if they can take the Palpatine thing and attach some Andor level execution of product, then I think they could have a really good chance of kind of reclaiming it from those folks that are still bummed by it. Now, are there going to be people that are never going to accept it and think that all the behind the scenes, the meta-ness of it, the changing of the narrative is always going to tarnish Ray? Absolutely. That's your choice. And if that's where you are, that's okay. That It's, it's media. Consume what you want to consume. Right. But... I think that there is a real chance to take her realization of being a Palpatine, her, you know, choice at the end of The Rise of Skywalker to be all the Jedi and finally destroy Palpatine, see Ben's redemption, and then kind of come back. I think there's something interesting to go from there. And I wanted to ask you guys to kind of wrap up our talk on her. If this tweet is real. If we get a Ray series, because let's be real, I think it would be a series at this point. Yeah. I think that makes the most sense. The feature films are going to be something different. If they do a Ray series, would she come back for a kind of monk's walk? Do they bring in anything from that Duel of the Fate script that was leaked way back when, where Maybe she was him. just kind of on her own journey? Does she try to start a school? What is your Ray story? that they could conceivably make in a couple seasons and Daisy Ridley's back that would kind of really, you think, elevate the character back to where she was circa Force Awakens time. Okay, so I feel like this is about to contradict what I said earlier, but I'm going to say it anyways because this, like, this is like my wish list, you know? Yeah, why not? So I literally just said a few minutes ago that I don't think John Boyega would come back. I still don't, but what I would like to see is... <laughs> like her training him in the ways of the force because i think that's clearly what the rise of skywalker was like trying to tell us but like couldn't mm -hmm. get it out for some reason and which was you know an interesting choice um the one of the lego star wars things kind of confirmed that he was force sensitive which i know you know canonicity can be debated on that but mm -hmm. i would love to see her train finn because i think that we there's so much more to explore with her relationship with Finn, also with Poe and with Rose. Like, for so much yep. of the sequel trilogy, she's been kind of on her own, except for The Force Awakens. And I feel like we missed out on some of that, like some of her, um, you know, interpersonal relationships. But barring that, because I literally said that I do not think that's going to happen, <laughs> um, I would love, love to see her kind of use her, her Force skills to train the next generation. And whether she... Um, you know, starts a, a school with, with kids or just finds, like, random people on the street and she senses them to be Force-sensitive. And, uh, you know, maybe they, mm -hmm. they ha they're in a crappy situation and she's like, you know, do you want a better life or whatever? I think that would be really cool. Like, just, you know, going to random people yeah. and, and helping them with their life because that's a super Jedi thing to do is, is to kind of um, elevate people um, with your help. So I think anything yeah. sort of training-esque is what I would really dig. 
Yeah, that's like what that. I was. I, I mean, I'm gonna just piggyback on what you just said. Maybe she had her show is she goes around looking for other force sensitive beings, children or or not, and um, kind of asks them, "Hey, do you want to you know want to pursue this?" this feeling that you have that can either help the galaxy or that can help you help your, help your tribe or your, or your family or something. I mean, to see like that, a journey going that would go to different worlds and then yeah, find, yeah. and maybe find broom boy. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> bring this kid back. Damn it. He's probably old enough. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Can't wait for those tweets. This is broom boy. Now. How old do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that would be that. That would be my guess. I mean, that because you could, you wouldn't have to bring back a, a number of characters. I mean, you could just have her show her leaving in the Falcon from Tatooine or something, and yeah. that way you could say you could think that those main characters are back on other worlds while she's out pursuing something else. Yeah, yeah. like it's six episodes. That's got to be that yeah, max. Yeah, right. Shorter, it's probably going to be sure. six episodes. Yeah, sure. No, <laughs> no episodes of that show would star robots and Wanda Sykes. I can tell you that. <laughs> for sure. There wouldn't be enough time. But, um, but no, I mean, I agree with you guys. I think that's what everyone always wants to see is like, hey, how did this person uh, take everything they learned from their arc through this trilogy and, uh, and pass it on, essentially? Like, that's what everyone yeah. kind of wanted to know right. from Luke. We still really haven't gotten much uh, canon, at least, post-ROTJ Luke. I mean, Shadow of the Sith earlier this year really was our big look into that. And I think it's a little bit tricky to do some of those stories because, like, you ask yourself, well, you know, wouldn't Luke be talking to Yoda's Force Ghost and Ben and, you know, Anakin, his father? And wouldn't Rey likely be talking to Luke and Talia? So... I don't know. There are some tricky things there. You might have to work around a little bit. Um, like they did that with Kenobi, but it worked better in that series because Force Ghosts weren't really a thing up to that point in the in the timeline. Um, but yeah, I think it would be tricky, but I think it can be done. And I would like to see her traveling around to different worlds like you're talking about. Maybe continuing to learn about the Jedi because at the end of the day, she says, you know, she is all of the Jedi. She doesn't know that much about the Jedi, you know? So yeah. a similar Kura talk. She's like, ah, yeah. Who like who the heck is that? <laughs> um, Jesse's yeah. So a like similar story. And she's like, what does that say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. read. <laughs> so like a similar story to what, um, what was kind of started to be told in the battlefront games, like where Luke was, yeah. you know, looking for Jedi artifacts, like yeah. getting that story That's with cool. Ray, I think would be pretty awesome. I'm going to go a completely different direction just for the sake of fun. She hunts down the rest of Palpatine's Horcruxes. We're getting so clear. (laughs) So close. So close, guys. Uh, I think that all the Jedi stories we've gotten since Order 66 have been like, I'm on a backwater swamp planet in a hut. I'm going to levitate this thing and meditate, and I'm going to try to rebuild the Jedi Order. Luke's like, I'm going to go out on this planet and try to rebuild the Jedi Order. Everyone dies. And I think that Ray would – I don't want her just to kind of try to redo that necessarily. Like, go and where can I go and find students? Like, Luke tried to do that, and there was something off about it for whatever reason. I kind of want her to go to Coruscant. 
and like reintegrate the Jedi and the Senate a bit, but in like a healthy way, kind of like we see in the High Republic, right? Where like the Jedi and the the politicians work in tandem together, and I think that Rey isn't quite at that level. Obviously, she's still kind of the only one, but I'd love to see Rey like side by side with Mon Mothma, like. So, Eric, hey. let me get this straight. You're suggesting yes. that the Palpatine should go into politics. That's what exactly you're Exactly <laughs> it. Because it went Ray so Palpatine. well the first time. That's exactly <laughs> it. And she gets um, the temple all to herself. She goes and she says, Misa, propose. <laughs> <laughs> Emergency powers. Um, to Misa. Yeah, to Misa. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I'd like to see the Jedi just get integrated again into the fold of actual society and maybe it's because now i after seeing coruscant on andor i'm like thank god can we please just have people again like yeah like we keep getting all these stories of the jedi like hiding and and oh there's seven of like actually helping people and actually doing things like the jedi want to do on a mass scale does require working with galactic powers and i think i'd like to see as the new 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 republic or whatever the hell they are now <laughs> like builds themselves up on Chandrila or on wherever they're going to be hopefully Coruscant like not all <laughs> or um uh uh what they blow up in Force Awakens uh Hosni and Prime um uh, none yeah. of those but i would love to see Rey actually in meetings with political leaders and actually making the Jedi respectable again and talking about how do the Jedi used to work together and how can I just not go meditate and find another Jedi? How can I actually bring us back into the spotlight? Cause we're no longer being hunted. So what I'm hearing think, is that we're going to get a Jedi robe pantsuit, like politics. Yes. Pants, like Hillary With a high collar. Yes. yes. And shoulder <laughs> there pads. Was this, there was this TikTok where I saw the other day that did like Senator Anakin Skywalker alternate cosplay. Where oh, like, yeah? what if Anakin got to be happy and it was ornate and very oh, cool. Anakin, but with like jewels and all these things? Like, let's have Ray like be in the Senate and like have to deal with being a Jedi, but also deal with that. I think they will, to be clear, this will not happen. They will not <laughs> do this. But I would love to see, uh, maybe again, it's the phase one High Republic in me just, just beating out. I love seeing the Jedi working actually with the galaxy. Yeah. And I think that when they hide away and meditate, it's important. But come on, we, <laughs> we can help so many people um, on a global scale. But Maybe Ray can find all the higher public books, read them, and then learn from those books. <laughs> oh, I, I got them. They're right over there. Yeah, I can just can give them to them. her. Yeah. There's Arabesh <laughs> right there on the side. <laughs> I'll give her my copies um, if she wants. She can take them. The exactly. signed ones, even. Uh, yeah, she can, she can take your copies. <laughs> I, I only got one. I worked too hard for these. Yeah, you only <laughs> have one. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you were with me, Emma. You were with me when I got mine. Uh, yeah. Now, also, all this could be nothing. And Daisy really could have just been having lunch and there's a tweet. But, like, isn't it fun? It is fun. To think. Uh, to think about it, and I think that's what's kind of cool. You know, we've, we've gone so far away from the sequel trilogy in Star Wars content since then. You know, we're really touching a lot of post-Episode 3, pre-Episode 4. We're doing a little post-Episode 6 with Mando. Like, we're really having a fun time all around, but it would be cool to just go post-Episode 9. And I really don't think it makes sense to do it without Rey. I completely because agree Because she with is that. there. Yep. Literally, she's there. Yeah, she's um, 
So, before we get out of here, I do want to ask, um, for Daisy, we know you're listening. Hi. Love you. Hi, Daisy. Um, any, uh, <laughs> any, any final thoughts about where Ray has been and where she can go before we get on out of here? Uh, Emma, the floor is yours. Yeah. Um, I think that there's just so many possibilities for her story. And I, you know, even if we get it in book form or comic form, I mean, of course, I would prefer to see it in live action. You know, I think that there's just so many possibilities. And I've really enjoyed her story so far. Um, I think it peaked in, in The Last Jedi for me. Um, I mean, Last Jedi, as you can see, is, uh, you know, still still my favorite okay. movie. And, um, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I'd love to see uh, her speaking. And I don't know how they would do this, but I'd love to see her speaking to, like, Leia's Force Ghost or something. Something like that. I, I want to see mm. an homage to leia as a jedi because uh, we haven't really seen that a whole lot except for you know in like the flashback of uh, mm-hmm. uh in tross um i think that that would be super interesting i i have so many ideas um disney if you want me to pitch you something i can uh, i'm here if you want um and daisy you know i think <coughs> that daisy will you know she is definitely the one that i can see to be most likely to come back i just hope that she hasn't been like turned off by her experience because I think the Star Wars fandom, like the toxic side of it, the more vocal side of it, has been just so mean to her. And I, I also hope that like people's reaction to trust didn't turn her away either. Like I know that a lot of people were mostly upset with sort of Ray's characterization and the way that she was treated. And you know, while I agree with some of it to some extent, you know, I think that we should still be you know, respectful to the actress because she had literally no role in making these decisions for her character. I mean, she's been in interviews where she said, like, sometimes they were telling me I was a Kenobi and sometimes they were telling me I still came from no one. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know. So, you know, Amazing. let's just all remember to, to be nice and respectful to all of our actors and actresses because, you know, they, they give us these great characters. I mean, look what Daisy has done um, for, I mean, you know, we went to celebration and saw so many little girls dressed as Ray. I mean, that is stuff oh, like so that great. is so important. And I think we need to recognize that too. Absolutely. For sure. Wes. Um, I would just like to see Daisy Ridley on the screen again, whether it be sooner or sooner. Um, so <laughs> like yes. maybe, I mean, even like even her voicing a, an animated character. Cause, um, and, and knowing that that is her voice and then they could possibly use AI to do other people's voices to continue the story or doing something that way. I mean, I am amazed about what it can do and what it's done for us. So, <laughs> but yeah, just having, just having her on the screen gives you some kind of um, finality that she is in with star Wars because I mean, she, before Star Wars, we I haven't seen her anything before Star Wars, right? She's a and, and she's I being, think. and it's terrible that once you're in Star Wars, like you're labeled as a Star Wars character for life, like all, almost like um, um, like Mark Hamill until I found out he was in until he was in Batman and Robin, but oh. um, was it <laughs> but Corvette still, Summer? You, you never see, saw yeah, that. Yeah, when you see Mark Hamill, <laughs> you're like that. That's Star Wars immediately. Star Wars, so. Um, being typecast that way is, is terrible, but, um, I just, I'd love to see her on screen. I don't care what she does. Um, so she's a great character and she does 
push the fandom and absolutely gives uh, little girls uh, something to look forward to, especially in such a horrid world we live in at the moment. Absolutely. Charles, what you got, man? Um, Looking at this through the prequel lens that I have on everything, I think what's the most exciting about Rey is that she has all of the power of the Jedi that we saw in the prequel trilogy, arguably more, um, and none of the restrictions, right? She doesn't have the order. She doesn't understand a lot of the things about the order that caused issues. So now we can see, hey, what does a a powerful Jedi with none of those rules, what do they accomplish? And, uh, and I think it's going to be pod racing because yes! how could it not be pod racing? <laughs> I guarantee you she can do it. I don't care what she you say. A <laughs> she might start a league. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I, I would love to see that. So, Ray, pod racing coming to a screen in pod 2025. racing. There we go. Pod exactly. race. It's right exactly. there. Yes. Yeah. It's right there. She, she's going to build her own sim rig in the Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, it's not going to any better than that. I agree with y'all completely. I love Ray so dearly. It's why I bought this freaking heavy lightsaber um, that I love so dearly. Um, she'll always be one of our best. Before we get out of here, I just got to get one thing on the record. Emma? Yes, sir? Are you going to go see 80 for Brady in the theater? Oh, man. <laughs> you know what? I actually, not in the theaters, but I'm definitely going to rent it. It looks okay, fascinating. Great. I think that that would be what I would be like at 80 years old if Tom Brady was playing when I was 80. So. <laughs> I had to know um, Hashtag not a sponsor But you know who would go see 80 for Brady Not us Because we are 80 for Brady yes. And that my friends Will do it For this week's episode of the Living Force Thank you all to our Patreon supporters Tune in to MCU Teeny This week before you come back to the Living Force Next week for episode 200 Make sure to send your questions to eric at utini.com or send us two of us on Patreon, Discord, and Twitter. A special thank you to Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Robert Thomas, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and James T., Elizabeth Cloutier, Ashley Ingalls, Chris Carrizo, and Sally and Chris Eilerson in our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson, Charles Zetsi Hankel, Wes is at Boss West, Emma is at Urban Jedi 26. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Charles, Wes, and Emma for potting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you for hanging out, watching, and listening. And as always, may the Force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.